Mosier Media Podcast. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the Mosier Media Podcast. My New Year's resolution is to get back to it, both in the growing the business department and in the social media department, and of course, in podcasting. So here we go. As I always like to do in 30 minutes or less, give you what I have learned in my 30 years in the media business. And much of what I share is experience or opinion. And much of the advice I give probably shouldn't be followed by anyone. Or maybe it's just what works for me might not work for you. But is it possible that someone listening who owns a business or is responsible for marketing, especially if you're marketing the services of creative professionals, there's a possibility that something I might have to share could benefit you. So thanks for joining us. And what I'd like to do, as always, is get into a discussion about how do we grow our business when we're in the mood to grow our business, when it's our New Year's resolution, when the spirit moves us, when we just decide it's time to add a few more prospects to the pipeline to see what's out there. And perhaps all of us that are in new business development or marketing or operating a business, we go through those ups and downs, those highs and lows, or we rest on our laurels, or we decide, you know, we can live on what we have. Or those cases where you might decide that if we have more business, we're just going to have more problems. If I went out and found new clients, who would do the work? I'd have to hire more staff. So there are those moments where you say, well, do we really need to do any marketing? Is it, is it time? I'm in the mood. It's time. And of course, thinking back to the, the past over the past two years, and of course, uh, the events of the world and everything going on has had a negative impact on all of us uh, mentally and uh, maybe even physically, certainly. And it's time now, perhaps, to just move on or buckle down or say, how much of this really can we take and just say, all right, well, we need to close our office for a while. We need to just slow down or we need to just work from home. All of that stuff. Is it time to put all of that behind us? For me, it is. So if you're in that mindset, let's start talking about all of the things we can do to build our business. And if you're like me, selling the services of creative professionals, if you're in advertising, or maybe you own a website design and development company, or maybe you're a freelancer. And of course, I, I have a great deal of experience as a freelancer. I, the first 10 years of my career, perhaps I might have been just, yeah, I was considered myself a business owner, but I was a, really a freelancer. And in the world of freelance, of course, you wear all the hats and you are completely responsible for new business development. And then, of course, you're responsible for performing the product uh, or the, the services or delivering the product or what have you. And so for all my freelancers out there, and you might listen to this and think, how can I find one or two more clients? It, you, you could spend 80% of your time marketing yourself and 20% of the, your time doing the work that you love. And that's, that's hard. So for all of us who need to get out there and find new business, and if it's your New Year's resolution, well, then here we are on January 7th. This is the time to start uh, thinking about what are we going to do here in the first quarter? What are we going to do in 2022? to bring in new business. 
or to find that project we really want to be working on. Let's talk about a couple of things that we're not going to be doing in 2022. And, uh, you know, uh, are we calling it 2022 or is it 2002? I think we're going to call it 2022. That seems to make the most sense here. But let's talk about marketing things we are not going to do. And again, these are opinions. But I made a list of the marketing things I'm, I'm not doing. And I'm going to share that I made a mistake. And if you can learn from my mistake and, and perhaps the era of spamming emails, we all know that era is over. It doesn't look like it's over. When I, when I look at my email inbox, um, I have 100 spams, maybe even a couple hundred spams per one relevant email. The spam to relevant email ratio is completely cattywampus right now. We all know this. So why don't we start by taking spamming off of our marketing strategy? Now, if you have constant contact or MailChimp or a legitimate service and you have a list of 200 opt-in customers and fans and supporters, email away. What I'm talking about is the marketing strategy of spamming people who have never heard of you, never heard of your company, never heard of what it is that you do, they don't understand, spamming by buying email lists. Give me every marketing person in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And then just and you get a list and it's 3000 emails and you spent twenty five hundred dollars to get that list. And then you just spam all of them. I made a mistake doing this 10 years ago and I learned. And here's how you learn. You learn that the, the penalty, the consequence of doing this is that Google and other email services will blacklist your site or mark you as a spammer. And then when you go to send a legitimate email to a client, perhaps it's, hey, here's your bill or here's your project is ready. Here's the link to download your media. Those emails aren't going to go through because every email service on the globe has marked your domain as a spammer. And then your emails don't go through to anybody. Spamming on a prospecting list that you bought is a terrible idea. And in some cases, it, it might get results for some people. So some people might say, well, I do that all the time and I get great results. Well, again, my opinion, and this is what works for me, might not work for somebody else. I'm sharing my experience so that perhaps your benefit is your domain doesn't get blacklisted. The other thing we're not going to do in 2022, cold calls, telemarketing. Now. Telemarketing might work if you have a very, very narrow prospecting list. If you are selling equipment that stamps out hoods and your customer base is a list of automobile manufacturers and there's only 50 of them on the globe that might be interested in your equipment that stamps out sheet metal products and we uh, our equipment that we make stamps out trunks and hoods and doors and then that that's going to need a that's going to need a phone call but the idea that you could call every marketing executive in North America or every business owner in North America and leave them a message and expect a result. I'm sharing my experience in that the cost of doing that is high 
and the results are very low. The number of prospects you get through to with a phone call, the number of people you get to call you back, it, it is it is one in a thousand. If that, it might be one in 1500 calls. It is extremely expensive and it is not the right method for a business like ours. So we are taking uh, telemarketing off of our marketing list for strategies of the things we're going to do to market our business in 2022. I'll tell you another thing that does not work. And that is events at your office where the main draw is food and alcohol. Those days are over. And I don't even know if those days existed. But I would regularly try to entice people to come into our office for an after hours party or maybe a networking event. Maybe if you were in the the local chamber of commerce, if you're in the local chamber of commerce and they're going to have their chamber of commerce event and they have other programming or other reasons to be there at your business and you're going to serve food and maybe have an open bar, I, I say go for it. By all means, do it. But I'm going to tell you that simply having an open house at your business without much of a point or, you know, other than a tour um, is is not going to work in this era because of obviously because of COVID and other restrictions that are in place right now and people just not being comfortable. Not, Not everyone is comfortable going out and being in public, which, of course, we have to respect and understand. But even before people's interest in going to a networking event after hours was really waning. And the attendance at these events, even at the Chamber of Commerce or at some of the uh, industry groups that I was involved in back in the day, the interest in spending time uh, getting together after work where the main draw was uh, food and beverage uh, really was beginning to, to wane. So, again, we're taking open house events and where the draw is food and alcohol off of our marketing list. The big one, and we didn't really get involved in this, and maybe this is just a a dig at people I know who do this, and this probably is a practice that should stop no matter who you are or what business you're in. But creating fake reviews on Google I would put as the, let's call that the fourth thing on my list here, not going to do it in 2022. But I I can't think of any time where I've ever thought that fake reviews on Google to improve your ranking was a good idea. And in every industry, in every market, in every uh, profession, there's always that one. You know, there's one in every group is the saying. But in Cleveland, Ohio, there is one. And it's it's obvious to tell because the most respected video production companies in Cleveland, Ohio, have, you know, 10 reviews, 15, 20 reviews. Those are their legitimate customers. And when you see somebody that has, you know, 120 reviews where everyone else in that same industry has five or 10, something is awry. And so what I'm going to do is suggest that – You remove fake reviews from your marketing strategy. So let's review. This year, we are going to find new business. We are going to ramp up the marketing. It's my New Year's resolution to find new clients. But I can tell you right out of the gate what we're not going to do. No telemarketing, no spamming emails on prospecting lists of people that don't know us. Opt-in lists are okay. Current clients, email them all. Again, with the opt-in. 
They've agreed. They want to hear from you. They want to get your email newsletter. The opt-in list should be, for a business like ours, maybe like yours, a couple hundred people. If you got an opt-in list of a thousand people, that's phenomenal. That's constant contact sort of thing through a legitimate channel. But spamming on a list of people that you don't know, cold spamming by email, that's out. That's out. And again, the after hours networking events, um, you know, open house at your business, come by and see us and we'll give you uh, crackers and, and wine uh, and cheese and wine. That's that's out. Uh, and finally, of course, number four, the fake reviews uh, it was never on our marketing strategy anywhere. I just wanted to throw that in there to share my opinion. The fake reviews on Google or on any platform, a Facebook review is a, just a terrible idea. I want to reflect back on the things I can remember in my career, in my 30 years in video production, things that worked. And what we can do, and of course, it, you know, marketing things I did in 1992 and 94 and 96, will they work today? So, you know, uh, picking up the phone book and, uh, you know, looking for business, you know, cold calling out of the phone book. That might have been something I did back in that era. But I want to th- share one story From the days when we used to shoot weddings, when I owned a business that was involved in shooting weddings, and we would partner with a fantastic company in Northeast Ohio called Today's Bride Magazine. And they, back in the day, ran the best wedding show that you could possibly be involved in, and they still do. They're still around, and they're phenomenal. They are the premier marketing organization if you are a cake maker or if you are a wedding photographer, videographer, DJ, if you're selling wedding dresses, you've got to be involved with Today's Bride magazine, the best marketing program in Northeast Ohio without question. And I first got involved with them at age 19 or 20. And my buddy from high school, uh, Dan Caton, he and I were shooting weddings together and we wanted to book more weddings. So we decided to buy a booth at one of their wedding shows. And immediately when we got there and we set up and we put our big TV, big tube television we had to carry in and, uh, you know, played it off of a super VHS. I won't even get into all the technology of 1994. You can probably remember if you're if you remember that era, you played your demo reel off of uh, tape on a big tube television that weighed 300 pounds. That was our booth. But everyone else that was there, just like us, as you arrived to set up, received a table and two chairs. And the first thing we did was get rid of them. And I feel part of our success in marketing ourselves at that show is that we stood up and greeted people the entire day, the entire show. And if you looked around, some of the other folks sat behind a table. And what we decided, and, I, you know, it, it, uh, how old was I? I was 20. I was 21. I'm not a marketing genius. I'm not a marketing genius now. We just simply decided that we weren't going to get very good results if we sat behind a table when everyone else is standing. Everyone else is walking around the wedding show. So we got rid of the table and chairs. And this is the this is the marketing advice to give. If you are going to work an in-person event, if you're going to buy a booth at the Chamber of Commerce networking event, and you're going to pay the extra money to have a have a display, 
Ditch the tables and chairs and stand up and talk to people face to face. This is absolutely we did very well at that show. The first one we did in in maybe 94 and booked all kinds of weddings for the summer of 95. And later, one of the marketing persons from Today's Bride magazine told us, you guys know how to work a booth because you got rid of the tables and chairs and stood up and talked to people. And we just did that instinctively. And that, by the way, that was a lot of fun working those shows back in the day. Uh, Another thing that we did that was, I thought was successful, and this is fast forwarding to uh, 2011 or 2012, we wanted to do something on YouTube to get attention. And I went out and bought a ping pong table and we took all of our video cameras out into the parking lot of our office in our uh, uh, suburban office building that we were in. And we shot a YouTube show called Parking Lot Ping Pong and invited people to be on the show and play ping pong with us. And then we put the matches on YouTube cut together like a real sports television show. We even had announcers with headsets. I dare you to, on YouTube, type in Mosier Media parking lot ping pong. This is 10 years ago. to see if any of this even still comes up. I'll bet you it's still there. But that garnered such attention. And I would be out and talking to people and be like, we saw your parking lot ping pong on YouTube. And it wound up, of course, on Facebook and some other places. And it got a conversation started. It was an icebreaker or a fun thing to do that the attention was fun. But it also led to a little bit of people believing that maybe we knew something about YouTube marketing. That, you know, a lot of people make TV commercials and we would always make, you know, the the corporate overview video. You know, we, this is where this is our bread and butter in, in media production is we were and are the company to go to for television production. You want to produce a 30 second TV commercial for your business. Uh, that's what we do. You want to do a two minute company overview for your business. That's what we do. But now here we were doing something that wasn't any of those things. We were exploring the idea, how do you do social media video? How do you do it? You know, and everybody was going viral. Everybody in 2008, 2009, 2010, this is where the idea, everybody wants to go viral. And we, we did, we, the parking lot ping pong did not go viral, but it was still a little out there and it was fun. And getting back to the idea of some marketing ideas might not be for you. They work for me. They might not work for you. Sometimes the marketing idea needs to match your personality, your company culture, the, you know, is it comfortable for everybody within your organization to be involved in whatever antics you're coming up with? I had the advantage of having a lot of people on the staff, and of course we still do, that are fun and they are entertaining. And so you all you have to do is turn the cameras on and set them up in a scenario and you've got a winner. Because, you know, our staff is, you know, just a, a bunch of great people. And, and you, you can relate to them when you see them on camera because we're, we're smiling and laughing and beating each other, at, you know, being competitive with parking lot ping pong. And that, that might not work for some other firms. You know, it, it works for us. In that same era, we did another marketing promotion. And some of these might be gimmicky. If they sound gimmicky, again... Sometimes gimmicky works, sometimes it doesn't. 
Well, we did a promotion that we called the free headshot. It was a, it was the, we did a headshot party. I, mean, I can't even remember what we called it. It was the, uh, the free headshot Friday or something like that, where we set up all our uh, photography equipment. And that was the era where um, shooting video on a Canon DSLR was starting to become popular with it. You know, Canon came out with the 5D Mark II that could shoot really nice 1080 uh, video. And so we had a bunch of them and we had all the lights and we could really take some nice headshots. So we set up an area of our office. It was a portrait studio. And then because we were a video production company and we didn't we didn't really charge for headshots, we weren't really cutting into a portion of our business by giving something away for free. And, and maybe portrait photographers were angry with us, perhaps because we're giving away free headshots. But we had probably 100 or 150 people come into our business and get to know us. And I will admit, I probably did that by a spam email. That could have been in 2010 or so. That could have been a spam email that promised a free headshot. But we we had takers and we built relationships and we, had pe- we built our fan base. And the, and the other part about it is the headshots were good. People were happy that, wow, if they could take a nice picture, I'll bet you they could do a nice video for us. And it led to some relationships and it led to some work. And it certainly led to some subscribers on on the YouTube channel or the, you know, some uh, likes on uh, followers and such on Facebook. We were building our fan base. I'll share another that we did recently, a marketing idea that I am going to do again. And I just love this one. I like supporting local high school video production programs. And like so many programs in education, the the competition for dollars is, uh, you know, and funding is always a challenge. So there are high schools in our area who that these high schools run phenomenal video production classes. They run television production classes. And, you know, like uh, we all know what a high school media program looks like. If you had one, you could all know Saved by the Bell, the Zach Morris uh, reading the morning announcements on television. Some of these high school programs are doing some incredible work in their community. So the, you know, the local fire department in in, uh, in that community would go to the high school students to, to do a, uh, you know, fire safety video. And the high school students will take that on as if they are producing a video for a client. So they're learning not just television production, but corporate video or video for the community or news production. And they're, they're learning a lot. And I want to support this. So we would go into a high school and usually it was a high school where I know the teacher or I'm you know, involved in some way. And we would run a promotion on YouTube and Facebook that Mosher Media will donate $1 for each Facebook like that we get within a certain window of time. Mosher Media will donate $1 for each new YouTube subscriber that we pick up, that we gain in this window of time during the campaign or during their promotional period. And we will do it up to $1,000. So let's say that every student in the high school goes on and, and likes our Facebook page. And then they get some parents, maybe some other teachers, some other family members. If you have a high school that has a community of 1,500 students in the high school and you have, you know, 100 kids in the media program, you're likely to pick up quite a few subscribers if you're promising to make a donation to their media program based on the number of new subscribers you get during their promotional window. And we have written checks to 
high school programs up to $1,000. And that is a win-win for everyone. <laughs> yeah, maybe at the end of it, does would somebody go off and unsubscribe after it? Probably. But most people stuck with us. And a lot of our content on our YouTube channel, certainly video production related. So if we have an audience of video production students and people who are interested in supporting a media program, then we have an audience of people who can relate to or be interested in the content we're putting out anyway. Uh, on that topic, building a YouTube channel for your business is absolutely essential. And again, it, in my opinion, it's essential but some companies don't know what video content they would put out there. They don't know what to say. If you turn a camera on and pointed it at them, maybe, maybe they just don't think they're that fun or they don't have anything to say or they're just – some companies are just – they have business. They have clients to take care of. Why do we need a YouTube channel? And all of us need to get to the point where we say, OK, it's time to reinvent. It's time to go out there and find new business. It's time to begin cultivating new relationships and really go out there and listen to what people want. And can we modify or change or craft what it is that we already know how to do, take our strengths and figure out how we can best bring them to market to benefit a client so we can be paid to come in and add value to their organization to help them grow their businesses. So some people could say, you know, a YouTube channel wouldn't work for us because we don't have a, a company culture where we don't want to put our people on camera. We don't want to go out there and be zany and wild and try to go viral. And I'm going to tell you, there, there could be a, an argument for just simply going out there and putting out good information. And that a YouTube channel with 150 or 200 subscribers is not a fail. If those are 150 or 200 individuals or viewers that are in your business or interested in knowing about your business, you don't have to be funny or go viral. This is just another way to reach people with your message and your information. And the YouTube channel work should provide some benefit to the viewer and in other words, a lot of that is how to or learning. A lot of YouTube is learning. How many of us go to YouTube to learn? Yeah, I'm not sure how to do that. I'm just going to watch a YouTube video to see how this goes together. I could I could do a weekly podcast on why you should have a YouTube channel and what you could do with it. But that's uh, today we're just kind of running through my list of what we're doing, what we've done what we're not going to do in terms of marketing in 2022. Uh, the final one I'm going to leave you with here, as I like to do this in under 30 minutes, is the lunch and learn. The lunch and learn needs to come back. And that is on my list of things that we've done in the past that I feel was something I was proud of, something that we did that was successful. Obviously, we all know why the lunch and learns stopped, but it's time to get back to those. And here's there's a lot of reasons why the lunch and learn works. Everybody needs needs lunch. Uh, a lot of times the draw for a lunch and learn, sometimes the reason that people might attend is to visit the venue. You know, the venue could be the draw. We did one at a restaurant in Cleveland that was um, called Cozar's. And it was in um, it was in the Northfield Park. It was in a kind of a racetrack casino sort of development in uh, in Cleveland. And the the restaurant was called Cozar's, named after Bernie Cozar. He was involved somehow. Anyway, it was a cool place. And uh, this was uh, five, six years ago. Um, I'm not even sure if the place is still there. I'll bet you it is. But the point being is... I 
set up my invitation list to make sure that everybody on the invite list worked for a company that was in, you know, a five or 10 or 15 mile radius of where this restaurant or venue was located. And I had a lot of people show up, say, hey, you know, I saw your invite. I don't know if I'm interested in what you have to say, but I kind of wanted to see what Cozars was all about. So the, the venue can be a draw, but then you've got them there. And if you really work your prospecting list, mail invitations, email's okay. You know, nobody's going to mark you as a spammer if you sent an invite to a lunch and it was somebody that's in your business and maybe you know them or you've talked to them in some other way. But I remember back in the day when we did the Lunch and Learn, I mailed invitations. I did a direct mail. And that was extremely successful. And if you come back for the next podcast, I will do an entire discussion about direct mail, because as crazy as it sounds, as crazy as this sounds to say in 2022, direct mail and a personal letter or a flyer or a postcard beats email hands down. And you'd have to try to discover it for yourself. And again, that's my opinion. That works for us. Might not work for you. Uh, We've reached 30 minutes it's great to get the podcast going again. This podcast and bringing it back is on a long list of my New Year's resolutions. Let's get out there and find some new business. Let's get out there and make it happen. All the best to you in 2022. Please join us for future podcasts. My discussions will always be about finding new business, using all of these great tools to reach people and to have fun doing it. You'll never work a day in your life if you love what you do. Let's get out there and have some fun with it. Thank you for listening. You can find us at MosherMedia.com. You can reach me through email. Spam me anytime. Dan at MosherMedia.com. Send me a text on our new text service. Our main phone number at our office can text. I have SMS hooked up. Text messaging ability on our main phone number, 330-376-3500. I would love it if at our front desk where they run the texting service and respond to those messages, if somebody said, I heard Dan Mosier on a podcast and I wanted to send a text, I'll send you a prize. There, That'll be the reward for listening all the way to the end. I would gladly send a prize, uh, a gift to someone who texted 330-376-3500 and said, hey, I want a prize. Uh, with that, thank you for listening. This has been the Mosier Media Podcast. Let's get out there and find some new clients. Thanks for listening. Mosier Media Podcast.